This is the Cleveland Guardians Fancast with your host, Quincy Wheeler, a podcast about the Cleveland Guardians and their fans. It's Quincy, and I'm here with Ryan Katz. Ryan, how you doing? I'm doing well. Yourself? Doing good. Hey, it's a great day to talk some Cleveland baseball. Ryan and I are talking just as a, an afternoon baseball game is almost about to get started. So, can't uh, we'll, wait. We uh, haven't had baseball in a couple of days. I've, I've been itching now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's fi- almost finally here, and we'll release the podcast a little bit later. But right now, we're jonesing for some baseball, so we'll talk for, talk about it. Ryan, tell me about how you became a Cleveland baseball fan. What's your journey like there? Sure. So I'm 31 years old, so that'll give people some context as far as when I became a fan and all of that. Uh, my my dad got season tickets to formerly the Indians in, I want to say, 92 or 93, whatever 29 years is from today, because we're 29-year season ticket holders now. So whoever's better at math than me, which is essentially everybody, uh, go (laughs) ahead and make the uh, calculation. But uh, we got season tickets and I think it was either, I want to say one of the years was was at the old municipal stadium. And then we went over to Jacobs field and uh, the rest is history. I was only four years old. So my, my early memories of, you know, those, those nineties teams that everybody loves are there. They're just a little bit blurry uh, as I get older, but uh I still, you know, recall some very fond memories of going to the ball games, and uh, it was more of like the late '90s that I really took to heart because that, like '95, '96, '94, you know, I'm so young, I I just didn't really grasp the game like I what would be when I'm nine, ten, eleven years old. So, uh, definitely have favorite players from that time, favorite moments. But uh, we we've been season ticket holders that long. My dad moved to uh, Florida in 2000 and. Uh, I want to say, I think 2015, and that's when I took over the tickets uh, full-time myself. Uh, currently, we're in the first row of the club section, so it's all-you-can-eat food, yeah. and that makes the game uh, much better because if we are getting blown out or if we're just not having a good day, uh, you can eat all the food you want, and, and you can, you can uh, what do they call it, sad eating? But you, you can eat your heart out <laughs> that way. Uh, yeah. So... so. Uh, yeah, oh. I, I, overall, I, I love my my Cleveland, now Guardians, experience. Great, yeah. Well, it's exciting to talk to somebody who's a season ticket holder. I have aspirations to get there, but right now, can't really quite swing it. I try to go to about, uh, you know, depending on the year, six to 12 games a year. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's that's great. It, now, how, how have you found, if I can ask, how have you found the season ticket holder experience? Have you found... You know that they kind of, uh, you know, how does the team make that for you? Yeah, uh, there's pluses and minuses to it, and and it's one thing when you're when you're a season ticket holder and you can look around at people who have season tickets of other franchises and kind of compare, you know, how is that franchise treating them compared to how the Cleveland Guardians are treating us? And I can say from a positive standpoint, the customer service has been great. Anytime I have any questions, uh, I have a new rep this year. Shout out Avery. Uh, she's been fantastic and, and, and much more punctual with responding 
uh, to any inquiries I have than, than usual. And with season tickets, we have a, a pool of people. It's not just me. I don't go to 81 games. Yeah. Uh, I've got a pool. Of <laughs> That's people quite I, a commitment. <laughs> yeah, it is. So I got a pool of people I share it with. And sometimes there's, you know, whether it is like the past two days with these, with these postponements or, with credits, with the COVID and all of that, there's always been like these nuances that are brand new to me that I'm like, I need help figuring out what to do with, with this and that. And I've been able to contact them and they've been able to take care of me. Uh, the, 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 I guess, constructive criticism would be, especially with the rebrand, I didn't feel like they, they took the opportunity to make us season ticket feelers feel eh, season ticket holders feel extra special. You know, it was one of those things where like, when you get a rebrand, you're hoping whether it's a free flag or a shirt or some kind of new guardians merch, even a hat. Uh, I didn't really get any of that. I had to go to the you know team shop and buy it like everybody else. And, you know, when you spend a good amount of money on, on tickets every year and you support the franchise, you, you don't want to say you're entitled to those things. Cause it's, you know, it's, it's my decision to be a season ticket holder, but it's nice to, to feel you know, wanted and feel like your money is going towards not just the viewing experience, but, you know, a bigger picture overall. So that'd be my only, you know, constructive criticism. Other than that, everything is, is great. And, you know, the nice thing about the Indians, Guardians, what have you, is that they, they have for the most part in the last decade plus been very competitive and it's been easier to swallow that monetary pill because, you know, you're, you're paying for games that are going to be exciting. They're going to be relevant. And, and uh, yeah, that's all I can ask for because we see other teams like the Oakland A's or, you know, whoever else that, that they go through these long rebuilds and it's, it's hard for fans to really gravitate towards that as much as what we've been through. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. And yeah. it's always interesting for me to hear how kind of how season ticket holders are experiencing it and, I also have a great uh, ticket rep, Jonathan, shout out to him. And I think I see a lot of that people that really like their ticket reps, but are just saying like, seems like the team could maybe kind of go the extra mile here and there. You know, you kind of see the New York Mets and the package that they sent out to their fans. That was one I was thinking of for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, that would be real nice. So who knows? I'm sure it's just one of those things like an area where further investment could pay high dividends. I'd like to say, I think it would be nice to see. So thanks for sharing. How about some of your favorite baseball memories? Like if you had to pick a favorite Cleveland baseball memory, what would you choose? Sure. I've got a couple of little anecdotes that are short, but uh, I went with uh, a couple of friends of mine. We must've been in fifth or sixth grade. And this was, so this would have put us in the early, uh, early mid two thousands, I guess we were still pretty good. Uh, We sat out in the home run area, uh, not the bleachers, but the, the right field. And uh, the game was a blowout, but we, as kids, you know, people excuse kids for certain behaviors that adults can't do. And one of those behaviors was we literally during commercial breaks stood on the wall, not on the seats, but stood on the wall in the front and got the whole, the whole, I think it was still the Jake at the time, got everybody to do the wave. Uh, And as a, as a a fifth grader, uh, that was so cool to have, you know, 30,000 people do what you started. So that was, that was a cool little experience. Uh, Another one uh, I was, in little league, you know, some one of those rec leagues. And I was the Florida Marlins. I was on the Marlins team. And this was the same, this was 98. So this was the year after we lost in the world series to, to the Marlins and uh slider shows up to our little league baseball practice and being in the Marlins, you know, slider 
doesn't like the Marlins because we lost the World Series. So he <laughs> ended up bullying my whole team. He took my hat. I had to crawl under his legs to get it. He sat on me. It was very embarrassing in front of all my friends. Uh, <laughs> so those two anecdotes are funny, but more from a baseball standpoint, I mean, I always, and this is still this way today, whether it is the Guardians, the Browns, the Cavs, I always gravitate towards players who aren't the most popular. I like the underdog mentality. I like the the sort of unique nuance of, of certain players. So uh, my two favorite 90s players, one pitcher and one hitter, uh, Steve Reed, he was a sidearm bullpen guy. And I love sidearms. Even when Adam Simber was just here not long ago, I was into his sidearm technique. Uh, I just think it's a cool, like how, how pitchers can even start doing that when everybody else is throwing normally is crazy. Uh, and then Richie Sexton, cause just cause he was extremely tall and I'm not, you know, vertically inclined. So, uh, I always looked up to him literally and figuratively because he was just one of those guys. He stepped in the batter's box, kind of like Fran Mill now, but not as bulky, but he was just like, uh, just a stick. Uh, and, and he could, he could mash the ball and he was, he was fun to watch for a few years here. So. That's, those are good memories. Yeah, I remember yeah. both of those guys. Of course, Sexton a little better than Reed, but I do remember Reed as well. Yeah, those those uh, side armors, the submariners, they're just a lot of fun to kind of see how they do it. I, I I never get over the guys that are like submarine that like their knuckles are almost hitting the ground as they throw it. It's just crazy to see. How I've they... tried that in the backyard and it doesn't work. <laughs> Not for me, at least. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's good to remember, you know, all these guys come and go. And it's it's cool to talk to people that remember folks that you may not have thought about for a while. So tell me, uh, tell me what you think about the current team and our future. Like, what are you looking forward to? What do you like so far? Well, in the immediate future, we all know that Gabriel Arias is making his uh, MLB debut today uh, in the first game. He's in the lineup. So uh, number three prospect in our organization. And I've come to learn you know, growing up and watching baseball in general, uh, being a kid, you don't have a lot of patience just naturally. It's just part of part of being a kid. So you always want your team to be the best. And I have a cousin who uh, is, was born in the Bronx and he's a Yankees fan. So we were always, you know, competitive in regards to that. But obviously the Yankees have had more long term success than than the Guardians have. Um, so I was always envious of that, but as I got older, I realized patience is part of baseball and, and it's, you can't have a football mentality when watching baseball because I'm a giant Browns fan and you have to treat them very different. You have, you can't, you know, you can't live in the moment with baseball. There's too many games to be played. You, you can't paint yourself this narrative that, uh, this is going to go this way or that way, because how many times has it proven wrong? You look at the nationals a couple of years ago, they started 19 and 36 and ended up winning the world series. So even if it feels like things are down, uh, you have to have a positive mindset, but also realistic. And, and, you know, that brings me to the, the squad today is the criticism was very pronounced in the off season. We didn't go out and get, you know, all these players that were available and it seems like we might've tried and, and whatnot, but in hindsight, looking at what we have and looking at the extensions we had with, you know, Jose and, and, uh, uh, class a and straw uh, it, 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 this is a team, this is a front office that we don't go through prolonged rebuilds. And I'm very thankful for that. Uh, we, we do what we can. It's, it's kind of like money ball, but not as, not as tear down and, and as chance taking, but, but we still, you know, allocate our resources wisely, I guess is the best way to put it. And we have these prospects that we get from these, these trades that y- you look at them and you're like, well, how, how could San Diego, you know, get Clevenger and Allen 
and Clevenger's done almost nothing there. Allen's on a different team, and we get Josh Naylor and Cal Quantrill and all these guys, and and they're all working out Arias and 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 Hedges, and it just seems like highway robbery anytime the Guardians make a trade with anybody. So. Uh, my dad said it well the other day. He's like, if if the Guardians call, I, if I'm another GM, I'm not even picking up the phone because you know that they're going to win those trades. So it's nice to see that we have a lot of really promising young talent. And I think we're the youngest team overall in median age in the league. Uh, and to see that with the starting pitching that we are just continue to be a pitching factory, uh, we will remain competitive even at our lowest if that makes sense like right now you're not going to have all the star power on the roster you got a couple guys here and there but we're still going to probably finish the season 500 could be a little bit better could be a little bit worse depends on defense i think that's the biggest issue at the current moment we need some better especially at first base but we need some some better defense uh but those things can be fixed uh and and yeah i just again it's it's one of those things where i'm very thankful to be a fan of a franchise that you don't have to go through long-term rebuilds. You don't have to go through 60 wins, 70 win seasons. It just, it hasn't happened since 2012. Um, And a lot of that's the Tito factor. Um, But I think our front office does a really good job as well. And I think again, it's, it's where we're set up, you know, this year might not be the most, you know, I don't, I personally don't think we'll make the postseason, but it, it could happen if things roll the right way. But I think we're set up in the next you know, next year, all the way up to five years from now, have a, have a nice open window to make the postseason again, especially with the extra, the playoff slot now. So I'm excited. I, I, it, I, I think I look with rose colored glasses a little bit, but I, I, I am excited for the future. I, I'm all about that. It's good to be optimistic. And I think that you make a great point. You know, a lot of the frustration over the off season inactivity uh, feels a lot better with them having made those three extensions. It's like, oh, okay, you know, that's kind of where the plan was. And my big thing was I just expected them to make a trade because they have so many middle infield prospects. And like, and also coming into the season, 14 guys on the 40 man with no major league experience. I was like, okay, they got to trade somebody. So it was surprising that they didn't, but you know, just kind of seeing all the pieces come together and seeing them give guys like Arias and Quan time to play. It's like, okay, now it's starting to make sense. And that's a, I think you made a great point about the football mindset. We got to remember that there, it's a marathon, not a sprint in every aspect of the game, whether it's the off season or the season, there's a big picture we got to keep our minds on. So that's great. Good insight, Ryan. Thank you. Uh, do you have well, anything you, you want to tell people about as far as people who might want to follow you on Twitter or anything like that? Any other sure. causes? Yeah. Most of the stuff is non-music or non-sports related. I'm big into music. I own a, a music management agency full-time called liquid sound records uh also in a band uh called kill streak we make um, metal songs about video games it's kind of interesting <laughs> so you can check that out uh twitter is at kill streak us uh my personal twitter is called mosh pit magic again with the the metal theme i'm very into music whether it is you know all sorts of music but that's kind of my background and uh yeah i guess that's that's my plug i also have my own podcast called the all things music podcast uh similar to quincy's here just about music instead of sports but uh, you can check that out on all platforms it's just type in all things music and it'll be the first thing to pop up so uh, there's my Great. plugs i will uh, i'll make sure to link to all that and when we put it up on twitter and in the bio the i mean the uh, information of the episode we'll make sure to put all that up there and i uh, hope folks get a chance to check it out i 
it's it's a fun it's a fun name to think about. I've been I've been in a few mosh pits over the years. That's always exciting, and oh, uh, yeah. to be a to be a band leading that that must be kind of a, a rush up there. And I I can see the connection between that and sports. You get you know there's only a few things in the world that you get people come together no matter what their beliefs and their backgrounds and everything. And sports and music are pretty high on those lists. So definitely, cool. and and I I uh, graduated from uh, Kent State with a sports management degree, sports administration. And obviously don't work in sports and I work in music, but there's so much crossover. And I can say unequivocally that I use a lot of my degree in my business now, even though, like I said, it's not sports, it's music. But as you say, there there are so many ties. At the end of the day, it's the entertainment industry. And there's so many ties that cross over together. And it's it's really cool to sometimes I treat music like a sport and it's very competitive and you have to make all the chess moves that you would in sports. And uh, it's it's a fun experience to have for sure. Thank you for coming on, Ryan. Hope people check your stuff out and really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me on. This has been the Cleveland Guardians FanCast. You can find us Monday through Friday on any podcast service that you prefer. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, like, and download so that we can continue to produce these podcasts for your enjoyment.